What you're about to hear was aired on Planet Philadelphia, environmental radio show on Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP in Philadelphia, and on gtownradio.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kay Wood, the host of Planet Philadelphia. Now we'll be speaking with a guest from the Alliance for the Chesapeake Bay, and it's Ryan Davis. And hi, Ryan. Could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, yes. Good morning. My name is Ryan Davis. Uh, I am Senior Forest Projects Manager with the Alliance for the Chesapeake Bay. So uh, our organization covers the entire Chesapeake Bay watershed, which, which covers seven states, uh, but I am in our Lancaster PA office. And the reason we're talking today is we heard about this event called the 2022 Tree Lay that happened recently. So could you tell us what went on? Yes. So uh, the Tree Lay was, it was our first attempt um, at this uh, feat. Uh, It's been a couple years in the making. We were planning on doing it um, spring 2020, but you know, um, the world had other plans that didn't quite work out. So we, we postponed and were able to do it now. Um, but the full title is the 24 hour volunteer tree planting relay. Um, and so what it is, is, uh, we wanted to kind of galvanize our communities uh, around tree planting. We do tons and tons of tree planting with volunteers. Every growing season, we're typically planting about 5,000 to 10,000 trees with volunteers just out of our Pennsylvania office. Um, We have contractors do a lot of work for us too, but we see community involvement as a really important part of conservation. Um, And we feel very strongly that if we're not involving the communities, we're only gonna be able to get so much done. That's why it's really important for us to to do this work with volunteers. Um, It is more work for us (laughs) to do it with volunteers than to just hire someone to do it, but it's worth it. And because we do these, we do tons of plantings every season. Um, We wanted to have an event that was special. That was a little bit more exciting, maybe, to kind of get a little bit more attention, uh, get new people out um, who maybe, because it's a little bit flashier of an event, they would be more interested in coming out. And so then we can hook them on conservation. So um, <laughs> what we decided to do was try to have a, a 24-hour tree planting, but instead of just focusing on one site, we wanted to do a relay. So that way we can also cover more geography. We can have people come out more locally um, to places where they, they live near. It was six plantings back to back in Pennsylvania for four hours each, um, and then one planting in D.C. and one planting in Maryland total. So the main idea for this is conservation. And I do know there have been some reports about problems with the Chesapeake Bay water quality and runoff from Pennsylvania and elsewhere. So this is an effort to try to address that. Correct. Yes. There are many, many ways to um, improve water quality. Back in kind of the early wave of conservation, you know, the 60s and 70s, we had the Clean Water Act, which was very, very effective at stopping point source pollution, which is where the pollution is entering the water at one point. You know, uh, you can think of a, a wastewater treatment plant, the pipe going back into the creek. You know, that is a point that could have, you know, pollutants in it. But then there's also all the stuff we do. Um, around the landscape that all together contributes to what we call non-point source pollution. So it's not coming from one place, it's coming from all over. So um, agriculture, development, um, all sorts of stuff. And honestly, even the way we're living now with a lot of uh, towns uh, and cities having impervious surface, basically a lot of the water that lands on the ground 
flows over the land instead of getting infiltrated into the ground. So even if we aren't polluting, kind of dumping things into water, pollutants get into the water very easily through that runoff. Um, and trees are one of the best ways to slow runoff. The canopies of trees actually stop the water from even reaching the ground. So if you've noticed a lot of efforts to plant more trees in cities, that's a real big reason why is because we're preventing that water from even becoming runoff in the first place. It's getting captured by the canopy of the tree. Uh, most of what we are planting are what we call riparian forest buffers. Um, so a riparian forest is just a stream side forest. It basically means stream side or water side in Latin, riparian. And uh, back couple hundred years ago, all the streams in PA pretty much had forest cover around them. And so those are the conditions that the streams sort of evolved in. So there's a lot of aquatic life that needs trees in order to survive. Uh, they need the cool temperatures of the shade. A lot of them consume the leaf litter and the, and the sticks and things. Um, that's kind of the primary base of the food chain for this aquatic ecosystem. And very analogous to our health with our, you know, I think we've learned a lot about our guts, right? That we we have a lot of bacteria, a lot of other life living in us that helps us process our nutrients. And it's the same thing in a stream. It's also the same thing in the soil. If we have living soil, it can process a lot of nutrients. And in the water, it's very, very important. Um, also, these trees are stabilizing the stream banks so that the banks aren't eroding in, which is also going to impact the life in the creek. And again, just slowing that runoff that's coming off of our uplands. So it's one of the most important things we can do for water quality is planting trees. And luckily, it's something that a lot of the public wants to help out with. So that really works in my benefit. I get a lot of hands out there to help get the job done. So it sounds like there's a lot of benefits. And it seems like your organization does a lot of planting trees, more or less as a regular basis. So there must be a lot of research going into what areas to plant trees, what sorts of trees, how best to take care of them. Is, is that right? Absolutely. Yes. And um, I want to, on that note, really give a lot of credit to uh, one nonprofit organization, uh, Stroud Water Research Center, which is based in Chester County. Um, they've been doing freshwater research for decades. And a lot of what we are implementing now is informed by that research that they've been doing. And the, the results just keep coming back, confirming that the best thing you could do is plant trees, um, especially near water. Basically, it's going to be very, very hard for a stream to be healthy and to be in the shape that it should be in unless it has a forest around it. Um, and so that kind of makes it easy. All I have to do is get in there and plant the trees. That's being a little flippant. It takes a long time <laughs> for trees to grow, obviously. Um, but we've learned a lot about methods, too, over the years that you can't just plant them and walk away. We also have to protect them from deer. So if you see these tree plantings around, you'll usually see some sort of caging or these plastic tube shelters that we put around each tree um, that keeps the deer off. If we didn't do that, then the deer would just annihilate all of our trees that we just worked so hard to plant. Additionally, yeah, we're learning a lot more about the, the ecosystem benefits. Um, something that I think happened a lot more in the past um, is kind of a, a tree is a tree, let's plant trees. But now we know that it has to be a native tree or else it's really not going to be contributing to the ecosystem as much. And so native species are, are ones that, you know, evolved here, uh, that are from here. Um, very important because non-native plants are not really eaten by insects or by even deer. You know, they won't eat, you know, uh, non-native plants as much. And you may be thinking, the casual listener, well, isn't that better? We want the trees to live, so we don't want the bugs to eat them. But the bugs are the base of the food chain for the rest of the, the fauna. So we actually want to feed bugs, 
all of these trees and shrubs that we plant evolved being eaten by insects. Um, and so it doesn't bother them. You know, it might set them back a little bit if there's an outbreak of, of certain insects. Like we got a lot of questions when the cicadas were hatching the big brood um, last summer, but these species evolved with that. So there might be a little bit of damage, um, but the trees are kind of providing that base of the food web. And they're really, really important for that. So if anyone is interested in planting trees on their own property, I, I implore you to plant native, native to PA. That's the best thing you could do. And it sounds like from what you're saying is you really audit the results. As you said, you don't just plant the trees and walk away. You pay attention to what happens afterwards. Yes, correct. And that is most of the work, actually. <laughs> it's pretty easy. So almost all of these sites that we plant are on private land. Um, we do plant a lot on public land too, small parks, that kind of thing. And half of our sites for the tree lay are on public land, which is exciting. But it's actually pretty easy the way we've structured our programs to get landowners to sign up for them. Um, we're not really giving them anything in return except a forest. So it's kind of nice because the only people we're working with are people who want it. Um, and then the tree planting isn't that bad either. But then for three to five years after the planting, we're out there constantly. We also have volunteers who we train up to help out with this, to kind of be our eyes and ears, to help take care of sites. And that's because we noticed a lot of folks have fun at the tree plantings, but want to do more. And, you know, the tree plantings are only in the spring and in the fall. And so if you want to get out there and help with the reforestation over the summer um, or in parts of the winter, then, you know, this is a good way to do it is to help take care of the sites. Um, so we call this volunteer corps uh, riparian rangers, uh, which is, they're a lot of fun. They're a really great group. So in addition to having the riparian rangers helping out with the tending of the trees, because, you know, we'll get flood damage, we'll get animal damage, we'll get all sorts of crazy stuff happening out there that we kind of need good hands on the ground. Um, there's also so kind of more hard maintenance of doing mowing in between the trees for the first couple of years. That really helps them get established. Um, if we don't do that, we lose a lot to, to rodents, actually. Uh, meadow voles are, are native rodents that are super cool, very cute, but they eat a lot of trees if we don't keep them off the trees. So we have to do a lot of work just to get the trees established. And then once they get established, we can really kind of start to step back and move on to the next site. But it is a lot of work after the planting is done, for sure. I think people are probably pretty excited about what you're saying. So if they want to be involved, what do they do? Yeah, great question. So we are one of dozens and dozens of organizations who do this kind of work. Um, there's not only, you know, these bigger tree plantings we do, but there's a lot of smaller plantings that are happening all over the place. So I would recommend uh, looking into your, your local conservation nonprofits. Um, if you want to come out, if people want to come out to Alliance events, that would be awesome. I always want extra hands for sure to help out. Um, so you could find us at allianceforthebay.org um, and, and find all the volunteer opportunities there. But there's tons of local groups. So I recommend lo really looking into to what's going on around you. It's also a great way to meet people who are like-minded. Great way to get outside, get some good kind of practical exercise, you know. And it's not as hard as it might sound. It's not as physically taxing as it might sound. So if that's intimidating people, I recommend you get out there and, and check it out one time. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about conservation and water quality, and that is important, but are there other benefits? Yeah. So we've, we've talked about, you know, improvements to water quality. I think part of the reason why I talk about that so much and think about it so much is because I, I work for a water quality oriented organization. Um, but the reality really is that water quality relies on resilience of ecosystems. And so the, the tree planting is a big part of that. So in addition to these kind of 
physical ways of giving us clean water by reducing runoff, that kind of thing. Um, sort of like with restoring the communities in the stream, by restoring the terrestrial communities, we're really helping a lot with just resilience to things like climate change. So obviously trees are very great at sequestering carbon in the soil, um, sequestering carbon in their plant tissue. Um, they're also providing a lot of benefits for pollinators, which are then in turn increasing the, the biodiversity and the resilience of our vegetative communities our, and our forests, providing wildlife cover. And then there's tons of studies that are coming out just more and more, again, adding on to the, the pile of, of information that humans need trees. And I mean, you know, uh, but we, we evolved in forests too, you know, we are a forest obligate species. Um, behind me is, a uh, I'm sitting in a, a building made of wood. Uh, pretty much everybody is, you know, sitting in buildings made of wood. We're starting to make skyscrapers out of wood now, actually around the world, because they're way better for the climate than cement. Cement is really rough for greenhouse gases. And, you know, wood is just wood. It's just carbon stored in, you know, plant material. But, you know, we need forest cover to be happy for our, our cities to be resilient. Um, I live in Lancaster City and there's not a lot of street trees um, in my neighborhood. Um, we're working on it. We're getting more and more, you know, every year, which is great, but it's hot. <laughs> it is really hot in the middle of the summer and it can be pretty brutal. It, it can really have long-term health impacts, mental health impacts on people. Um, yeah, the studies just show over and over that access to nature and, you know, especially trees is just incredibly beneficial for people. So it's just one of the best things you could do. Again, I know I'm very biased, but um, that's why I'm biased because trees are great. I was wondering about climate change and how we deal with that and the importance of trees. And do you want to address that? How I like to think about things and tying them into climate change, pollution, sort of everything, it kind of boils down to land use a lot more than I think we realize. I, it seems to me that a lot of people kind of don't think about the land much at all. It's just where we do things instead of thinking about it as its own entity. And if our entire continent just 200 years ago, 300 years ago was, was native vegetation, as far as the eye could see, you know, um, out in the East, it was, it was very, very heavily forested and forests were kind of different in composition than they are now, but still it was forested. And then in the Midwest, because of precipitation is massive prairie spanning half of a continent, you know, when we get rid of those functioning native ecosystems and replace them with agriculture, with cities, with infrastructure, we are going to have changes. Um, and when that reaches a certain scale, we're going to have changes at, at that scale. And so we, we think about climate change sometimes as this kind of accounting exercise with carbon and the reason why the carbon is out of whack is because our, our practices are, you know, we're not only are we taking what was a prairie that was sequestering one ton of greenhouse gases in the soil every single year, we take that and we turn it into, you know, a crop field. And yeah, we need food, obviously, but I don't know if we are consuming that food as wisely as we could be. Um, we kind of just, we farm and we grow cities <laughs> and we don't really think about kind of where we should be doing that how we should be doing that differently, um, how we can do these things and also accommodate nature and functioning ecosystems on our landscape. Um, and then in addition to that, we're sucking carbon uh, that's been stored underground for millennia and, and burning it and pumping it out into the atmosphere. And so 
the bean counting, the numbers, the kind of shuffling carbon from here to there, I think is kind of an attempt to buy a box of band-aids instead of doing the really, really hard work of kind of suturing and putting on a big cast and, you know, maybe doing a serious surgery to kind of how we operate as a global society. But that's nothing new, right? <laughs> we like easy, quick fixes. And we've been doing this for really not that long. You know, if you look at the numbers, um, even I- I'm 33 years old and things are changing very, very fast. You know, I remember things being a lot different than they used to be. And um, things have kind of run away from us. And so if we're to find resilience, we better get on it quickly. And we are going to have to make really dramatic changes to kind of the way we live and the way we treat the land. Again, I I think it really, a lot of it comes down to the land and and what we're doing on it. Was there anything else you wanted to say? I don't think so. I really appreciate it. This is great. Um, Yeah. The whole reason we wanted to do this was, yeah, to get more people kind of knowing that this stuff's happening in their own mm-hmm. backyards and we want people to come out. We want people to join us. We we're only as strong as, as the people who are, who are here with us. So thank well, so thanks so much for talking with me today. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you. If you want to know more about planet Philadelphia, go to planetphiladelphia.com. You could also find out more about other G-Town radio programming by going to gtownradio.com. I hope you will consider making a small monthly donation to help Planet Philadelphia continue presenting interviews on important underreported environmental topics and exploring their complexities and intersections. Thank you so much for your support.